Thanks, everyone, for joining the third episode of the Not-So-Silent Verbal Recruiting Podcast, uh, the Oklahoma edition. Uh, This episode is going to be titled uh, Portal Mayhem. So the lineup for today's episode is we'll cover some recent recruiting news impacting OU. Then we're going to delve into the new world of uh, portal, portal recruiting. And finally, we'll end with some future news covering OU's activities, uh, offering uh, kids for the 2022 and the 2023 classes. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we're going to go ahead and start. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Okay, we're going to start with some current news, recent news impacting OU recruiting. And unfortunately, it always seems like since I started this podcast, I'm having to start this podcast with some bad recruiting news. And unfortunately, this episode is no different. So the bad news in the last couple of weeks has been, uh, it's only one player, it's a 2022 defensive end, Tyson Ford from Missouri, ended up choosing Notre Dame over OU, Missouri, and UGA. Now, this was kind of a stunning blow for Sooner fans who had expected... um, who were expecting to receive a verbal commitment from Ford. In fact, for the last three, four weeks, most indications online had been that Ford was heavily leaning to OU, or he may have actually been one of the dreaded silent verbal commitments. Um, uh, and he was probably committed to OU. So really, most of the recruiting websites were expecting this Monday's news on the 18th um, to be good news. Uh, for the Sooners, uh, but it ended up he chewed, he 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 chose Notre Dame. Um, probably academics played a big role in this decision. He goes to a, a very good academic private uh, school in the St. Louis area. Um, so OU had appears to have lost Tyson Ford. I'm not sure whether recruiting Ford any longer really makes sense. Um, but it's a it's a big blow to OU's. 2022 D-line efforts because uh, they really thought they had Ford um, and they thought they had Ford uh, Ford's commitment uh, taken care of. They had this recruitment tied down. So, uh, some not so not so great news there that really sent the OU message boards sort of spiraling out of control uh, last Friday when this news sort of broke. Um, uh, when this news broke on uh, Friday the uh, the fifteenth. So anyway, it's uh, OU's going to have to move on and and, uh, and focus on some of their other uh, key targets for D-line for 2022. Good news is OU has a good set of defensive targets for 2022. Top 100 players, players OU, OU is really heavily recruiting, is in a good spot with, and uh, we'll probably cover, probably going to start covering 2022 positions Um after February signing day, uh, bit by bit. So we'll do D-Line as one of the first ones to hopefully buoy uh, uh, Sooner fans' um, spirits after this uh, this recruiting loss. Now, in good news, OU did make a 2021 offer, and it's the first offer they've made in months. And it's to a Texas-area high school uh, player called Austin UK. That's U-K-E. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he's about 6'4", 270. Uh, that's what he's listed at. Uh, I've seen his senior year footage on Huddle. It's very, very good. He's an excellent athlete. He's very physical. Um, he had a great senior year, and his offer list has been blowing up lately. And OU is just part of the group that's been um, that's been offering him. Um, I'm not sure where OU is in this competition in terms of landing UK. Um, you know, he's. Got lots of good offers. He's got offers from Stanford, Texas, uh, any number of schools, um, power five schools. So 
It's going to, I know you obviously can't bring him in for an official visit because we're still in the dead period sanctioned by the NCA due to COVID. So there's no real way to know what sort of progress OU's making here. Um, he seemed to be very highly interested in his OU offer on social media. But beyond that, I don't really have any more news there. Um, one other piece of 2021 recruiting that's kind of going on is OU is making preferred walk-on offers to some 2022 seniors that they really like on film, but they don't necessarily feel like are going to be um, are players that they feel like could work their way into gaining a scholarship. And OU's had good luck the last number of years with players um, doing that um, all over the place on, on, on the Sooner roster. So it's something OU's had some success with. And one of the two of the players are quarterbacks, which with the transfer of Chandler Morris and OU's ability to be able to keep highly ranked quarterbacks uh, on campus in between uh, signing top five, five-star quarterbacks, uh, this preferred walk-on quarterback process is probably something you to see OU use more often. Uh, the, kid, the guys want to come in and work under Lincoln Riley. They know if they work under Lincoln Riley that they're going to develop. Uh, that development sh- could allow them to pick up a transfer portal, Q, real transfer QB offer down the road for a power five or group of five school or Mac school, somewhere like that. Um, and, you know, they're also, there's also a chance that, you know, if they work really hard, you know, there's a chance they can see the field for OU uh, and play. Um, OU put Tanner Schaefer in the game any number of times over the last two years. Um, and uh, the same thing, you know, could apply to two of these quarterbacks. The first one's name is Ralph Rucker. He's also an excellent baseball player. He's from Texas, uh, Lovejoy High School. He passed for over nearly uh, 4,000 yards last year uh, in a system that's very, you know, excellent system, putting up a lot of points. Um, they're only, uh, they lost in the Texas high school playoffs to eventual champ Alito in a 51 to 48 shootout. Um, and yes, that's, that's Alito, the, the, the high school that uh, Chase McClellan went to and that uh, has had a number of athletes um, go on to college. So Alito's got a lot of talent. So for Lovejoy to take Alito uh, into a 51-48 uh, shootout uh, says a lot about how well they're playing high school football. Uh, the other preferred walk-on of interest is Ben Harris. Uh, he's a quarterback, uh, all from the Oklahoma City area. Uh, he's a four-time state champion at OKC powerhouse uh, Carl Albert. He's thrown for at least 2,000 yards um, each season. He's a pretty good athlete as well. And over that time frame, they've just lost two games. And and more importantly, Ben Harris is already on campus, uh, according to social media. He appears to have already enrolled, which means he's, he's, he's on the Sooner campus. He gets to go through spring. He's another arm, another quarterback for OU to use through spring. Uh, so that's that's kind of key for OU there. The only issue with preferred walk-ons is obviously between now and when they enroll, and all signs indicate that Ralph Rucker is going to enroll in in, in August, um, they can accept offers from any schools. So um, if a group of five program or a power five program takes a look at Ralph Rucker's film and decides to offer him a scholarship, he can just pretty much take that scholarship. The preferred walk-on process is OU offering these guys an opportunity, but they're not locked in in any way. So, um, you know, there's a possibility that we may not see, um, you know, Ralph could get a, his film is his film. His high school film is really pretty good. I mean, it's, it's good. He's passing the ball. You know, he's, it's, it's the Texas high school spread attack. It's very efficient. You know, there's a, there's a good chance. I would say that at the very least, a group of five team, uh, might end up offering him a scholarship. So, um, let's hope, Ralph ends up being a Sooner in the fall, but that's how the preferred walk-on system works. And the final preferred walk-on is kind of a unique one. Uh, his name is Maurice Wren. He's uh, former OU center Eric Wren's brother. And um, he's a junior, technically. Uh, he was at junior college last year and didn't play because of all of the COVID incidents. And he's a, an outside linebacker, uh, an edge rusher. Looks to be about six foot four, maybe 230. Um, and he looks pretty big. He looks pretty physical on film, the, the film that I could find in him. So he might end up providing a, a little depth there, which is obviously taking a blow 
with uh, the departure of John Michael Terry. So the last real big piece of current news is OU was able to replace Shane Beamer with uh, former OU tight end uh, Joe John Finley. And uh, Joe John, for all of us that uh, remember, was a tight end on the Sooner team from 04 to 07. He was a three-time Big 12 champ. Uh, I, I distinctly remember Joe John Finley and Jermaine Grisham being a huge part of that 06 and uh, 06 Big 12 championship run where OU had just two really good tight ends and was able to really work the field and really, really work, really work very, very well on offense. Joe John, uh, you know, he tried to play in the NFL. He didn't have a, a really great NFL career, uh, but he's been working really hard in the coaching arena um, to uh, establish himself. And uh, right after he decided he was kind of done with his NFL career, uh, he's been working at a, he worked at a Texas high school. Uh, then he was an OU graduate assistant. Once that opportunity became available, he was an offensive graduate assistant. Went back to coach. Um, went back to coach uh, high school, high school ball in Texas, and then he was uh, a Baylor uh, quality control p- coach. So he's one of the off the field coach positions that started to become more prevalent uh, in the in the in the 2010 and 2010 and beyond. After that, he he became the head the tight end coach at Missouri, and he really did a really good job um, at Missouri. Um, he has he's coached three tight ends that are in the NFL uh, while he was at Missouri, and the highlight being um, uh, his uh, his tu- his tutature of um, Albert uh, Okawug Bunam, who was a fourth round NFL pick in 2018. Um, he was a Mackey finalist, and in 2017, um, Missouri's tight end group had 15 touchdowns, which is, which is a great number and led all of, uh, all led of college football with that. After he left Missouri in, uh, in 2000, he was there at Missouri at three seasons and they had great tight, just really good tight end play every year. He was there. Uh, he moved on to, uh, Texas A&M where, um, he was able to coach, coach up true freshman Jalen Weidermeyer towards a freshman All-American season with 500 yards passing, 500 yards receiving, sorry, and six touchdowns. Um, and Weidemeyer had an even better year this year, um, showing that, you know, Joe Joe John did a great job establishing um, and, and teaching Jalen. And then Joe John moved to Old Miss to work under Lane Kiffin this year, and he was part of that really innovative, successful offense that Lane Kiffin was able to uh, demonstrate with Old Miss this year. Old Miss had a tight end named Kenny uh, Yebo, who had over 500 yards receiving in just eight games. And really the tight end play in that offense, you know, lots of big plays, just tight end play in that offense was really very innovative and uh, and it was a big addition. So Joe John, while he is a Sooner alum, and some people might think that that's why he got the job, really has done a great job at three SEC stops coaching up tight ends that are consistently productive uh, parts of the offense. He's coached up three different players uh, to having over 500 yards receiving as a tight end. Uh, that's, that's a really good tight end receiving number. Um, and he should be a really good addition to the Sooner staff. Um, the recruiting aspect of Joe John is a little weak right now in terms of data just because um, he's moved from some place to place, as, as young coaches often do. Um, we saw this a little bit with uh, Jamar Kane as well. Jamar Kane moved a little bit place to place as well. Um, and then we saw what he was able to do once he was established at OU um, and, uh, and able to um, you know, establish some, 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 some roots and, and make it clear this is where I'm going to be. So Joe John's returning to the Sooner, um, to, to Norman, and I think he's going to be a really good addition at tight end coach. I think Austin Stogner, uh, Braden Willis, and uh, and um, Mikey Henderson are really going to appreciate um, his coaching. He's he's done a really good job, and I'm going to be interested to see what his uh, coaching, what his recruiting style is, and what benefit he can add to OU for recruiting. He's got a lot of experience in Texas. 
um, having coached in high school in Texas and having recruited Texas from both um, from when he was at Missouri, Texas A&M, and Old Miss. He's obviously been recruiting the Southeast region from those SEC schools. So I think he's well poised to be another great addition to the OU coaching staff. And I think it was a nice to see that, you know, Lincoln Riley didn't do the expected. He didn't hire someone from his Texas Tech roots. Uh, he didn't hire kind of a, he, he went outside of that. You know, he doesn't, doesn't know Joe John Finley. He didn't play with Joe John Finley. So it was nice to add an addition. Um, this does give OU, you know, um, several several coaches who played played with the Sooners. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. They know the program. They know the tradition. They know the continuity of success. And, you know, like I said, Joe John was here from 04 to 07. He, was, he had three Big 12, Big 12 titles. Uh, he knows what it means to win back-to-back Big 12 championships and for – for recruiting classes as Sooners to to have multiple, multiple rings. So um, he's going to fit in very nicely with what OU's trying to do. And now for something completely different. Okay, now to portal news. Well, this is kind of a new, um, a new section of recruiting news, really. Um, the portal environment is going to become a much larger part of roster management for most college football programs. Uh, The NCAA is poised to allow one-time transfers for all college football players. They can transfer once and have immediate eligibility. Whereas in the past, players had to sit out a year unless they applied for a waiver. And the whole waiver process was getting very, very bizarre. Waivers being given for players on for one reason and then being denied for the next. There was, there's no real consistency in it. Uh, and the process was getting more and more ugly and litigious. So the NCAA is just going to get out of it and give every athlete a chance to transfer once and be eligible immediately. So I think what we're going to find moving forward is teams are going to sign the majority of their top players in the December signing period. Then in January, um, they're going to lose players to the NFL. And then they're going to lose players to this NCAA transfer portal. And uh, then you're going to find teams, once they have an idea of what's going on with their roster, then their teams are going to go to the portal and trying to, trying to find players that will help their roster or will fill a particular gap perhaps on their roster that's that's been highlighted by an NFL departure. Um, so it's going to be sort of part of the January recruiting process is going to be figuring out what you get in the portal. And then maybe the final part of January recruiting is going to be adding additional 2021 pieces before you sign them in February. So let's just review the portal details just very quickly. Right now, if a player wants to transfer to a school, wants to, wants to leave a school, before he can have any contact with the coaching staffs at any other school, He must enter the transfer portal, which is a public process where all the schools would then be eligible to contact the player uh, once he's in the portal. He's in the portal. The NCAA says, yes, you're in the portal. They publish their information. And then all compliance departments around at different schools can now tell their coaches, yes, you can go ahead and directly contact these players without fear of being charged, receiving a a tampering charge from the NCAA. Now that's how it's supposed to work, and that's how it technically is working. Uh, but there are lots of rumors of players entering the portal before they actually enter the portal. Um, there's obviously a lot of third-party communications going on uh, between players. Uh, you know, uh, players they know from high school, players they know from all-star games, uh, trainers of different players. Um, So there's lots of things going on where the indirect contacts are occurring. And this is why you're seeing players enter the portal one day, and the next day they're announcing where they're going. Now, that may change a little bit next year, hopefully when players have the ability to take some, transferring players have the ability to take some visits and can go to uh, visit some campuses. But right now they can't visit any campus, Um, at least not officially. They can't officially meet with coaches and get the usual 
uh, a dog and pony show. So this is where we stand. So what does OU need from the portal? Well, let's just quickly talk about what OU's lost. So let's talk about the early NFL departures. OU lost Trey Brown at cornerback, Adrian Ely on the offensive line, Creed Humphrey on the offensive line, Trey Norwood at, at DB, Ronnie Perkins at defensive line, and Ramondre Stevenson at running back. And then OU's portal contributions have been Jalen Conyers uh, at tight end, Robert Barnes at DB, John Michael Terry at linebacker, Tanner Mordecai at QB, Chandler Morris at QB, uh, TJ Pledger at running back, uh, Charleston Rambo at wide receiver, and then walk-on uh, Dane uh, Saltarelli, uh, who was an H-back tight end, has also left. So when you, you kind of add up all of those losses, the biggest things OU needed to really accomplish in the portal is OU had to get another scholarship quarterback. Ideally, OU would also be able to add some offensive line depth. Um, the loss of, of um, uh, Ely was was a little bit unexpected. I'm not sure how he's going to do in the NFL, but um, it certainly left a gap at offensive tackle for OU. And while OU's been preparing for the loss of Creed Humphrey, uh, now that he's departed, that does leave a little bit of a gap inside uh, at center. So those are probably the two two of the two of the biggest needs. The third need is is obviously at DB, um, primarily at safety. OU, the safety spot on campus is probably the weakest in terms of talent and depth. Um, and OU really, and with the loss of Trey Norwood, who was playing really well at the end of the year, uh, had a couple of interceptions in the Cotton Bowl, really seemed to be starting to get into a groove and playing with the speed D at safety, was starting to be able to substitute out for uh, DTY and Fields at those spots, um, and and at uh, Nickelback for Buki. So really... Oh, you needed to add needed to add DB help uh, uh, as well, and with the loss of TJ Pledger and Ramondre Stevenson, despite the fact they're getting back um, Kennedy Brooks at running back, he's coming back from having opted out. You know, OU's only right now got three scholarship running backs, primary running backs um, on the roster, so a running back would also be a, a really good addition. Um, since they missed out on um, Kamar Wheaton uh, in December, in the January, sorry, in, in January when, in, sorry, in late December, when he decided to to choose Alabama. Um, so how has OU done in the portal? Well, the portal's been very generous to OU right now, and, and let's remember that part of the issue with the portal is the players aren't really they can't they're not committing and signing letters of intent; they're committing to transfer to you, so they're not really locked into OU's campus until they're enrolled and they're on campus. So even after a kid commits to OU via the portal, I mean, is, is in the portal and commits to OU via Twitter, um, we still got to wait until they actually show up in Norman and can get enrolled. So I'm going to talk about two players here that aren't yet in Norman and aren't yet in the OU directory, but they've committed to OU. Um, they've on social media, they're, they're, they're Sooners. So um, hopefully by next week, I'll have an update on that. But let's just go ahead and talk about what OU's been able to add. And OU, I, I arguably, has added the biggest piece from the, the entire transfer portal, the most talented player available in the transfer portal, in uh, Tennessee uh, offensive tackle Juan Yamaris. Morris is a five-star composite 247 player at a high school, top 50 player in the nation by rivals, all everything offensive tackle from Georgia. OU heavily recruited him. He chose Tennessee. Um, he had a fantastic freshman year where he was a freshman, All-American, All-SEC freshman, you know, and just seemed poised to, to be having a great career. Well, things got a little bit derailed this fall with him. He had an ankle injury, which he had a hard time recovering from. Then he got uh, then COVID um, tracing cost him several more weeks. So he lost his starting position and, and kind of had a frustrating year at Tennessee, which I think kind of led him to feeling like he needed a new head start. 
the Tennessee program, as you've been following, is just a complete dumpster fire. They had a terrible season. Uh, their coach has been fired. Uh, the Tennessee program uh, investigated him internally and found all these NCA are alleging all these NCA investigations. Uh, sorry, investigating all these alleged NCA violations. Uh, and Tennessee's doing that partly not to pay him his 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 contract money. So Tennessee is Tennessee is a mess. And uh, Wanya Morris uh, entered the portal and uh, looked heavily at OU, USC, and Texas A&M. And uh, he, he went ahead and chose the Sooners. And really, I mean, when you talk about the skills that uh, Bill Biedenbaugh is getting here, we're talking about the kind of player Bill Biedenbaugh can create into an All-American first-round pick offensive tackle. Um, he'll be there for spring brawl. OU has two open tackle spots um, uh, that really need to find players for players uh, in those spots. Um, ideally, you'd have Juan Yamaris in one spot, and then you'd have Anton Harrison in the other spot, giving OU perhaps their best set of young offensive tackles uh, since Phil Lodholt and Trent Williams. Uh, and that's, 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 that's some heady territory I'm mentioning there, but that's, that's kind of what we're talking about with the potential of Harrison and, and Morris, the ceiling uh, for those guys at offensive tackle. The next big piece that OU acquired was uh, a quarterback. They got a, they got a 2000 signee quarterback from Penn State, uh, Micah Bowens. He's already on campus. He's enrolled. Uh, he was in the group photo of all the players, the, all the early enrollees on Twitter. He's right there in the front row next to Caleb Williams. Sorry, right there in the back row on the left. Um, on the on, in second row on the left. Sorry, I'm getting my, my quarterbacks confused. I'll, I'll talk about the, uh, the next quarterback in a minute. Um, uh, the, the quarterback in the front was actually uh, the preferred walk-on that I mentioned in the previous section, Ben Harris. Sorry to get my quarterbacks confused there. Um, Michael was, you know, very frustrated at Penn State. He wasn't getting a lot of reps and a lot of quarterback work. The Penn State quarterback room was, was pretty full. Um, they weren't really playing very well at quarterback, but the room was full. So he decided he wanted a different change of pace. I think Penn State kind of recruited him and were kind of trying to convince him to change positions. He's a very good athlete. He's about six foot, 190, 195, runs like a four, five, five. So he's a very good athlete. And I think Penn State was kind of trying to sign him and push him towards playing another position. And he wants to play quarterback. So um, he's going to try his luck at OU. Uh, he gives OU a third-string quarterback. He's going to get a bunch of work this spring. And um, and his high school film is pretty good. He's, as an added bonus for the Sooners, he's from Bishop Gorman in Vegas, DeMarco Murray's high school. Uh, that, that reinforces the connections between Bishop Gorman and OU. OU's recruiting a bunch of players the next two years from Bishop Gorman. So having a Bishop Gorman alum on campus it's not a guarantee that OU's going to sign anybody, but it certainly is not going to hurt. And uh, for OU to have taken Bowens from kind of a situation that was bad in Penn State and kind of taking him under the wing to kind of, you know, be under the QB whisper of, of Lincoln Riley is probably not going to hurt um, OU in the opinion of the Bishop Gorman uh, coaching staff. Again, I've looked at his film. It's pretty good. He's making plays. He has a pretty good arm. Uh, he's very mobile. So there's there's a lot to work with here. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be he's going to be a starting quarterback for OU, but there's a lot of potential here. There's, there's a lot for there's a lot for Lincoln Riley to work with. This is not an untalented kid who's uh, simply going to be holding a clipboard on the sidelines for the Sooners. You you can you can he's got some talent. You can definitely see him playing. But OU's got that key key third uh, roster quarterback. So if something were to happen. Uh, you know, God forbid to uh, Spencer Rattler or Caleb Williams. OU's got another. OU's got a second guy, a guy, you know, guy that's had some college, been on college campus already. Someone who can, someone who can be a reliable backup and to take some snaps if 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 the if the if the if the emergency calls for it. Okay, uh, OU's other uh, third out of, out of four. Um, portal commitments is one that kind of came out of nowhere, surprised lots of folks. And that's Robert Congol, 
Um, he's from Arizona. He's 6'4", 3'10". He's an offensive guard or an offensive center. Uh, like I said, he played at Arizona last year. Based upon most information I can find, he did a pretty good job at Arizona. They thought he was a pretty good uh, interior player. Um, so he provides some interior depth and competition, which is good. Um, means that OU's got uh, another scholarship center that they can put into the mix. Um, so OU's got some some so hopefully going to have some competition and some and some depth inside, which is good because OU obviously loses Creed Humphrey. And really, um, we really need some competition for Marquise Hayes uh, and Robinson in the offensive guard spots. Uh, if Chris Murray uh, probably is going to take over for Humphrey, but if Congle does a great job and takes over that spot uh, in in spring, that means Murray can compete at offensive guard and gives OU some real competition at that spot to, to really get the O-line humming uh, the way it should be. Um, the last and the, the last verbal is just literally happened today. I'm recording this on Monday around seven o'clock Eastern time. And this verbal just happened is, Oh, you got a, a commitment from Keyshawn or key Lawrence from Tennessee, another Tennessee player. Um, he's six, two, 200. He's a safety. Um, he was top 100 player at a high school, top 100 safety, uh, sorry, top 10 safety at his position. Um, when you combine him with Bryson Washington, because uh, he's in that same class, um, he's uh, he's a freshman this year. Um, you've got two really top one hundred, super talented, six two, two hundred pound, rangy, athletic safeties. Just the exact kind of players Grinch wants in his secondary. Um, Lawrence visited OU in the fall of two thousand nineteen. OU was right there in the mix to sign him. He would have been a really great addition uh, to that DB class along with uh, with Bryson Washington. Um, but he ended up choosing Tennessee. Um, but OU uh, appears to have, um, you know, uh, have, has, has won his portal recruiting. I think Reggie Grimes and Woody Washington have played a big role in this. Um, both of those guys are Tennessee high school football talents. Uh, Key Lawrence obviously knows Woody Washington uh, based upon their Twitter interactions. He knows Reggie Grimes. They they um, they were in the same class together. Um, they were both freshmen. Uh, Grimes was, you know, um, Lawrence was probably the number one player in state, or Grimes was the number one player in state, depending upon who you signed. They've doubtlessly met at camp and and workout events. So OU now, you know, potentially has three top uh, young defenders from the state of Tennessee, which is which is kind of funny, uh, a little bit funny. Um, and, uh, he, you know, it's a huge addition for OU. It adds depth at that position. So now OU, uh, you know, lost Trey Norwood, but can realistically go into spring knowing that they've got Justin Harrington coming off injury, uh, redshirt. They've got Bryson Washington coming off, uh, you know, an uneven freshman year, but the, the COVID thing didn't help Bryson a lot. Then they've got Key Lawrence, who did play. He played in 10 games for the Volunteers. He played a lot. So then you got Key Lawrence. That's really three young, big, prototype Grinch safeties to add to the mix uh, for the sooner uh, for the sooner speed D in the fall. So it's really just a huge addition when you when, when you think about one, you, you, you know, his ability to add a top one hundred safety and a top fifty offensive lineman. I mean, we're talking about rivals rivals players that you know would be worth one hundred and fifty you know one hundred fifty points. On the rival scale, you add those two players to OU's current recruiting class, and OU jumps from like 13th into the top 10. Uh, we're not going to play those kind of games because that's not how recruiting rankings are done. But, you know, the portal is going to be a bigger factor here. And for OU to add four key pieces right now um, through the portal, so you think about the 16 players OU signed in December, um, OU's lost close to 11 to 12 players. And then OU's adding back four, you know, key players in key positions uh, back to the roster. So provided everything goes well and these guys are able to enroll and everything gets taken care of, that's that's a huge roster addition for OU to go into the spring. Um, the last player, also from Tennessee, that seems to be 
in play for the Sooners from a, a, a portal standpoint is Tennessee's running back, Eric Gray. Now he's a red trip. He would be a red trip sophomore. He's uh, he's played two seasons for the volunteers last year. He was there for 2000. He was their feature back. He had um, 772 yards rushing and he also had 254 yards receiving. So in just nine games, playing for an offense that was pedestrian might be a generous description and uncoordinated probably is more accurate. So able to get a thousand yards of total offense. Um, he probably fits in very nicely with the OU running back room. Um, it's hard to say where he fits in that. I mean, if OU was to get him, um, he's been, according to social media, he's been to Austin and he's been a Norman and uh, a decision should be coming soon. So he would make a very interesting uh, Rocky Top trifecta for OU from the portal. Um, so we're gonna, so we should have a decision on that by the time I record. Um, by the time I record next week, other players OU has been involved with, and it's, and it's funny. Portal recruiting is is strange with no visits being allowed, so we don't really know officially kind of where people are going. It's kind of this. It's this game of. Uh, of of of, ins- of Twitter investigation, trying to figure out when play because the coaches can't contact the players directly, so you're kind of looking for players following OU coaches. Initially, then then you're like, okay, well maybe that guy's going to be in the portal, and then once they're officially in the portal, then you're kind of looking for OU coaches to start following the player, and then you're looking for Annie Hansen, OU's recruiting coordinator, to follow the player. And kind of, kind of go from there. So it's not really, you don't really have as much information to know who OU is really interested in. So OU, some of the names that have been in the portal that OU was kind of linked to, but nothing really happened with, was Zach Charbonnet, Michigan's running back, and then you had Mark Anthony Richards, uh, running back from Auburn. Um, there was a DB safety grad transfer from Colorado called Dorian Blackstraw. Uh, who seem to be or you seem to be interested in. Um, again, this is purely based upon Roy Manning, based upon Dorian following Roy Manning, so it's hard to tell if it's mutual interest. And then there's a, a DB from Notre Dame, uh, Houston Griffith, who entered the portal. He's from IMG, so there's some OU connections there. He, he would have been at IMG around the same time as Buki and TJ Pledger. Um, and some OU, he's followed some OU coaches, not really heard anything more on him. I'm, he may have actually chosen a school by now. I'm not really sure about that. And then there's the there's one last piece on this portal situation. There's a kind of a wild card piece that's sort of floating out there. And it's Eric Gilbert, the LSU super talented freshman tight end. Five-star player. Maybe the best freshman tight end in the country. Uh, he's left LSU. He's in the portal, but he has not chosen a new location. Um, everyone says, everyone, the rumors say UGA, which makes sense on the surface of it. He's from the Atlanta area. But UGA has a super talented freshman tight end in um, Darnell Washington from Vegas, and they don't really throw the ball that much to him. So if I was Eric Gilbert, I'd be kind of wondering why I'm going to go there to sit behind to fight for the 12 passes uh, Darnell Washington caught this year. Um, Florida's been mentioned as a location. That makes a little more sense. Although, really, I'm not sure who's going to throw him the ball at, at Florida now that um, uh, now that uh, Trask is entering the NFL. Um, so Florida's down a passing quarterback. But obviously Kyle Pitts had a great year um, at tight end. For Florida, so that's obviously pretty engaging. But OU was heavily involved with Eric Gilbert, uh, his recruiting out of high school. He visited OU unofficially. Uh, OU used the kind of passing scheme he would thrive in. Um, it seems like he's seems like he may be just deciding he's going to sit out this spring, take uh, classes online, and maybe do a real recruiting in the spring and summer when visits are available again. So. If he decides to do that, I can see OU with um, Joe John Finley um, now in place, deciding to get get involved in that recruiting and make a 
make a real pitch to uh, to Eric about this is the offense you need to be in. So that's it for the for Portal Madness. We'll have an update again next week. But it looks like OU has 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 signed has signed in air quotes, um, you know, at least two players right now, and has two more players to come that would be a be a huge huge addition to their roster. All right, we're going to move on to uh, to future recruiting news and uh, uh, offers made for players in future classes. Finally, Monsieur, a waffle thin mint. And now on to our uh, final section, which I'm calling Future Offers or Future News. And we're actually going to talk uh, sort of about some present activity first. Um, OU's early enrollees are, are now on campus. Um, OU has eight early enrollees. Um, they're already in Norman. They're already in the OU directory, which is which has always been the best way for us to know if a kid has, has passed the NCA clearinghouse uh, for eligibility from an academic perspective. So all eight kids are in the directory. We've seen a Twitter photo of them all together uh, at OU Stadium with Lincoln Riley. And so these eight scholarship players, freshmen, uh, the freshmen just, just signed in, in this class in December are, again, uh, Clayton Smith, the newly frocked five-star defensive end outside linebacker from Texarkana, uh, Ethan Downs, uh, probably one of the top players in state, uh, defensive end. Isaiah Coe, uh, Perrion Winfrey's uh, Juco D-line teammate. He's going to be a nose guard defensive tackle for the Sooners. Latrell McCutcheon, the, the best cornerback OU signed probably since Marcus Walker back in 2004. Uh, Jordan Mooks has uh, managed to get his eligibility uh, graduation. He's graduated early, which is great for Mooks. He had a great senior year, improved a whole bunch. And him being able to go through spring and go through all of the workouts should really should really help, um, uh, you know, put his career on the fast track because athletically he's, he's, he's just elite. Then we have five-star wide receiver target Mario Williams from Florida. Uh, top 100 receiving target from Texas, Cody Jackson. And then finally, uh, the man himself, uh, 2021's top quarterback in the nation, Caleb Williams. Now, Caleb Williams is doing something kind of interesting. He's dual enrolled in Gonzaga and OU. Now, I'm not quite sure how he's doing this, but I think what's, what's gone on is he goes to Gonzaga Prep Academy and I think Gonzaga Prep Academy isn't quite ready for early entry. So I think there's a class to graduate from Gonzaga Prep that Caleb has to take. Uh, but he's already met all NCAA eligibility requirements. He has the test score. He's got all of the core classes. He's graduated in air quotes, if you want to say that. But his high school requires him to do a couple more things. So I believe that's how that's working out. He's in Norman. He's going to be taking whatever virtual classes he needs to finish Gonzaga. They've put all that paperwork together, got that all cleared. They've cleared all the paperwork with the NCAA. So Caleb's going to be in spring ball. Um, He's going to have the advantage of a spring practice and a winter conditioning session. And Spencer Rattler didn't have that. So um, And Spencer then then lost his first real spring. Uh, due to COVID. So really the development cycle for Caleb Williams should be smoother, um, should be should be, a, should be a much better process for Caleb Williams than it was for Spencer Rattler. So uh, we could be starting to see the, the, the process of the ascension of Caleb Williams as the next great uh, OU uh, Sooner quarterback. So I'm going to go ahead and jump to 2000 and some jump. Sorry, I'm going to go ahead and jump to some offers that OU has made recently. OU's made a Bunch of offers for 2022 and 2023. I'm going to go over a handful of them right now. I'm going to go over more of them next week. They're making some very interesting offers across the nation for both 23 and 22. Um, the evaluations are, are are excellent. The players' videos on Huddle look look really really good. Uh, perfect fits for what OU wants to do. So the first player I'm actually going to talk about is OU has made 
what I believe is their first offer for a 2023 quarterback. Now, OU appears to be somewhat in a uh, grab a five-star, sit out a year, grab a five-star, sort of sit out a year uh, model of, of quarterback recruiting, okay? We've got Spencer Rattler, and then OU sort of ended up with losing Chandler Morris and didn't really sign a and didn't end up with a didn't end up with a high profile quarterback the following year. Then they grabbed Kayla Williams, five star for 2022. We'll go into quarterback recruiting for that a little bit later. It's unclear right now where OU is on that on that. But be let's be very specific. If OU had not signed Kayla Williams, Quinn Ewers would be a sooner. Um I, I don't think there's really any doubt out there that the main reason why he he chose Texas and then decommitted and then chose Ohio State is because Caleb Williams is in Norman. Uh, if Caleb Williams had somehow not chosen OU back last July and OU had had to sign some other quarterback, I don't even know who that quarterback would be at this one. To be to be uh, to be honest, I don't know who that quarterback would have been. But they had to sign someone else who was not an elite quarterback. Caleb Williams would be a sooner right now. So. Um, and that kind of tells you what Caleb's idea is about playing time. He doesn't want to sit behind Caleb Williams. He wants pretty much to be able to go to a campus, maybe apprenticeship for a year under a high-profile quarterback. Then he wants a chance to start. So if you're looking at sort of this uh, uh, one year, one year take a superstar, next year take a, take, take a quarterback for depth, recruit a superstar. In 2023, oh, you should be ready for the next superstar. Now, the number one name in college football recruiting that is going to just be wild and is the recruiting is going to be an absolute media fest, especially with name, image, and likeness stuff rearing its ugly head soon, is Eli and Peyton have a nephew who's a quarterback. His name's Arch Manning. He's about 6'2", 6'3", 190 pounds, plays for the same high school that um, – Eli played at, pretty sure the same high school that Peyton played at in New Orleans, private high school, and he's a fantastic-looking quarterback. I've seen his, seen some huddle footage, throws the ball, just fantastic-looking. Now, they're controlling that recruiting process, the, the Mannings are, and so far they're not really accepting offers or um, teams are being told that um, they'll accept offers after his sophomore year is finished. Um, so it's kind of a little bit unclear how that's all working out, but the clear number, the clear other superstar quarterback in this class, and there's a reason why I'm getting to this, uh, getting to this is, is Malachi Nelson from California and OU just offered Malachi and he is a fantastic looking young quarterback. Obviously he didn't play this fall because California high schools didn't play football. But there's footage of him as a freshman. His arm is really good, whip-like arm, consistent, consistent follow-through every time, pace, accuracy. Um, he's 6'3", maybe 190 pounds. Um, he's mobile. He's not Kyler Murray mobile, but he's certainly mobile enough to buy time to make plays. Uh, he's throwing all around the field. Um, it's some sort of scrimmage setups sort of a, an enhanced 7-on-7, seven 11-on-11 seven, 11 11 kind of scrimmage stuff, camp stuff that I've uh, been shown that he's been doing this this fall that's on that's online. Looks fantastic. And um, he's, he's, he's clearly right now the number two or the number one quarterback in this class. Um, Arch Manning is likely going to have that label just because, as, as again, the, the media hype around, uh, around Arch Manning is, is going to be insane. Um, it would, he's, he's a really talented kid. And then you add the Manning brain brand name on top of that. And it's his recruiting is going to be an absolute media fest. Um, so OU's offered, uh, Malachi Nelson and, um, you know, don't really have any details about how, where Malachi's looking at. He's, he's just finished his high school sophomore year. I don't, I don't know what his top 10 list is. He's from California. Um, you know, USC seems to be getting their act together a little bit. That might be attractive to him. You know, the last two superstar California quarterbacks, 
uh, are are at Alabama and Clemson. So, um, but what I can tell you is that on Twitter, uh, once he received his offer and uh, he posted it and retweeted it, he seemed really pretty excited on Twitter about it. But the kids are all pretty excited. Uh, then his high school QB guru posted, retweeted it, said how you know how happy he was, and then Caleb Williams, OU's quarterback for 2022-21, retweeted to Malachi and to the QB guru. So it so it looks you know tweeted back to him and and uh, Malachi and 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 Caleb publicly tweeted back some you know congratulations comments and and you know and 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 you know couple of comments back and forth and the QB guru tweeted as well publicly. And the QB guru appears to be a guy that's worked with both Nelson and Caleb Williams. So, oh, you might actually have a connection, uh, a strong connection to Malachi through the QB guru, through the QB guru, sorry, it's more difficult to say I imagine, um, who's worked with Caleb Williams. And um, so there may be, uh, uh, maybe more of a connection there than, than I really knew about or I really thought about. So OU's made kind of a big splash there in 2023. Lincoln Riley only makes one or two QB offers. Uh, I refer to them as they're, they're like Willy Wonka golden tickets. Last year, only two players got them, Brock Vandegriff and Caleb Williams. 2022, only two kids right now uh, have the active golden ticket, and that's uh, Ty Simpson and Connor Wegman because Quinn Ayers is obviously not in play because he's at Ohio State. Um, but he did have a, uh, he did have a golden ticket as well. So we've clearly established that there's one golden ticket for 2023 right now. And Malachi Nelson has that. And OU's the chances are that there's a good chance that, that Spencer Rat was going to have a great year this fall. And, possibly setting himself up for a Heisman run and NFL run. And that's going to put OU firmly in place to, to in 2023, uh, potentially grab whatever quarterback they want. Um, so keep an eye on future recruiting uh, information about Malachi Nelson. Um, also for 2023, OU offered uh, Braylon Johnson, a athlete from Virginia, um, He's from the same high school as Kelvin Gilliam and Damon Harmon. So OU's obviously got some connections there. There's no real sophomore footage on him because, again, they didn't play high school in Virginia yet. He, uh, if presuming not this fall, they hopefully going to play this spring. I'm, I'm not really sure how that's going to happen. Um, there's some drill highlights where he's at cornerback, and he, he looks great. He's a, a little, he's a little small, but he's, you know, he's, still, he's still a 2023 slight frame, not small. Uh, he's still a 2023 uh, player, so, to, so obviously he has a chance to put on weight and, and get bigger. That's not really much of an issue, but it's athletically, he's just jumping off the charts. So you have to wonder if OU's got a got a strong connection there uh, with Gilliam and, and Harmon uh, being from the same high school. So that Virginia pipeline, Maryland pipeline, hopefully is going to continue to pay off for the Sooners. Uh, the other wide receiver who, from 2023, who got an offer is Jalen Hale. He's uh, part of the group that trains with Morgan Hooks, uh, the wide receiver uh, guru out of Dallas, who was who has connections to, to Dennis Simmons and has basically trained every top wide receiver from Texas in the last five, six years. Um, he has a host of... Sooner alums that worked with him, current Sooners, including Marcus Mims, future Sooners, including Jordan Hendis, sorry, Jordan Hudson, and Talon Shetron. Uh, so he appears to be the, the next um, elite blue chip wide receiver from the, the Morgan Hooks wide receiver school. And OU's offered him, and he's from Longview. Um, and if OU was able to get him, um, that would be a huge, huge uh Huge addition. Uh, the last uh, wide receiver OU got from Longview, Texas, was Malcolm Kelly. And all Malcolm Kelly did was have back-to-back 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, Malcolm Kelly basically single-handedly uh, was OU's offense during the 2006 Big 12 title game. 
And of course, we have the now uh, legendary freestyle rap that uh, Malcolm Kelly did in 2006 that's still played today, still all over Twitter and social media today. That was part of OU's um, 2020 Big 12 championship uh, uh, celebration. And um, and uh, so very much, uh, very much, you know, still part, you know, that, you know, Malcolm Kelly even is doing a great job at, as a TCU wide receiver coach. So uh, Kelly's still, Kelly's still a big part of the, of the, of the Sooner program. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if OU could pick him up. Now, the other thing that's really going to be happening over the next uh, week or two is OU's finally starting to get 2000, 2020 high school film um, for some players from 2022 that they haven't had a chance to evaluate before or are being tipped off by coaches they have relationships with. Um, uh, they've got the high school playoffs to really analysis and see matchups from there. Uh, so while they're looking at some players, they may notice some other players. So I'm going to talk about three key guys that OU has just offered. The first one is Jerry Bledsoe, and he's a defensive end, defensive tackle for 2022 from Texas. He's 6'5", 260, he's listed at that. And his his junior and sophomore films are on huddle, and um, his junior film is really, really good. Um he, he had over 100 tackles out of the defensive tackle position, which is really rare. That's, that's amazing high school productivity for a defensive tackle. Um, and he's really athletic, good burst, great frame. So he's really going to be an interesting prospect for the Sooners. He's picking up big-time offers left and right, just picked up one from UGA. We know UGA is only recruiting the top D-line in the country. But the other fascinating thing is he also plays running back for his high school. And apparently had over a thousand yards rushing last year. And there's only a couple of image, couple of highlights of him playing running back. But he's 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 an absolute monster. Um, they even flexed him out one time as a as a tight end, and they threw the ball to him. And he must have ran over three guys for about ten yards. Lost his helmet, ran for thirty more yards before I think half the rest of the defense finally was able to tackle him. The one play he did at running back, he made this nice little cutback move, uh, powered through for about five yards before the first tackler hit him. He absolutely buried that guy. So uh, I'm really kind of hoping OU uh, gets involved with this kid deeply because while he's a great defensive tackle, I'm kind of having images prospect or defensive end prospect. He could play. He, he he probably could end up being 6'5", 300 pounds without even thinking about it. So he could be a nose guard defensive tackle, or he could be 6'5", 280 with real quickness and play uh, play the Redmond spot, the other spot. But I'm kind of hoping that OU also uses him you know, on the goal line. How great would it be for OU to have a 6'5", 280-pound H-back uh, that they could use in goal line and short yardage where you can honestly give him the ball, but also just flex him out because uh, he's he's got really good hands. He's he's just a really good athlete. Uh, the next guy is uh, for 2022. He just got offered is Derek Brown. He's an outside linebacker, um, sort of an edge rusher, or he could be a will will linebacker maybe. Um, and he's from Texarkana. He's a teammate. He's uh, about six four, two ten. I don't know what he runs in the forty four seven, probably somewhere in the four seven range, maybe faster. He's a teammate of uh, Clayton Smith. And Smith had such an awesome senior year that basically teams started avoiding him at all costs. Uh, they'd run away from him. Uh, they put the quarterback, they, you know, they didn't want to leave the quarterback in the pocket for him to get attacked, so they'd roll him out. So basically, they were doing everything to stop Clayton from just racking up huge stats, which he did anyway. Um, but what you can see in these huddle in this huddle footage for Derek Brown is that Smith is basically like a velociraptor working in unison with Smith. Uh, sorry, Brown is working in unison with Smith. So basically, Clayton Smith is driving the players to Brown, and Brown is finishing them off. So Brown had a great junior campaign. He had sixty-seven tackles, which is which is good, but he had twenty tackles for loss, and that's just a an insane tackle for loss per tackle ratio. He had six sacks and forced and forced four fumbles. 
So really, I mean, he just he just looks great on film. He's long, lean, great wingspan, just another edge defender that you just is a perfect fit uh, for the Sooner scheme. I mean, it's it's that's the one thing. You know, there's been some questions about some evaluations and recruiting that OU's been doing because of some of the frustration with how recruiting ended. But the one thing you've got to say about OU's evaluations and offers by Alex Grinch is the guys fit his scheme to a T. He is never compromising in evaluations and offers from the guys he wants to fit his scheme. He's never taking tweeners. You know, there's no five nine safeties being offered, and they could be great players like Catalan at Arkansas. A lot of Sooner fans are wondering why we didn't offer him. Well, we didn't offer him because he's not, he doesn't fit the range and mold and size of what Grinch wants. But Derek Brown certainly looks like an edge rusher to go with Clayton. It could be a one two combo with Clayton Smith that could cause college football teams just a lot of problems. And the last guy is um, from Carthage, Texas. I've never heard this name before. Uh, just when he went, when he was first offered, I'm like, never heard of this kid. So I had to go, go, go do some research. And his name's Kip Lewis from Carthage. He's about 6'2", 6'3", 200 pounds. Based upon his huddle footage, I'd be stunned if he's not running a sub 4'7", something in the 4'6 range. Um, and last year, he recorded 140 tackles, 17 for loss, four sacks, one interception, and two fumble recoveries. So basically, he's all over the field making every tackle. And the one thing about his huddle footage is sometimes when I watch linebacker recruits that OU's recruiting, um, the huddle footage is great, but it's it's all of them just blitzing off the edge um, or blitz or you know blitzing the A-gap in the middle. Um, and while that's great, and they're certainly athletic doing it, at linebacker, at will linebacker for OU, you've got to have a player who can play in space, play in coverage. It's a unique talent. It means it's why a lot of linebackers aren't good fits for the Oklahoma system. Because for the majority of Big 12 play, OU linebackers have got to be able to play in space. They've got to be able to drop back, get in passing lanes, cover wide receivers, running backs, at least for you know short periods of time. Uh, they've, got, they've got to be able to go sideline to sideline very quickly for all of the short yardage passing games that are so prevalent in the Big 12. Well, Kip Lewis might be the most comfortable looking in space and in coverage linebacker prospect I've seen in a couple of years. Um, he's just so natural in space, so natural dropping back in coverage, uh, attacking the short passing game. He's very physical, uh, does a great job tackling, um, great job one-on-one tackling of running backs and wide receivers. Um, you know, he's the last, you know, where he he's the last line of defense. They get past him. A small play is becoming a big play. And he's just such a natural-looking player in space. And he's just a, a perfect fit for the speed D. So I don't know where he's interested in. He's going to start getting a lot of offers. Um, his film is just that good. If you were anybody facing a passing attack, he's the kind of passing, if you were facing passing attacks on a regular basis, uh, he's the kind of, he's the kind of wide receiver. He's the kind of line linebacker you'd want. He's got a great frame. He's, you know, he's probably a little, he's probably, you know, as I said, you know, he's listed about six, two, six, three, 200 pounds. He can easily put on another 20 pounds, not lose any speed at all. Um, just a great frame. And uh, I think he would be a fantastic addition um, if OU could uh, could land his signature. But just a great evaluation by the Sooner by the Sooner coaches. And just, again, a perfect fit for what OU needs to do. All right, everyone. Well, I've, uh, that's, that's all the information I have right now on future offers. We'll talk. More about future offers next week. OU's made a bunch of good ones. Joe John Finley uh, is starting to make offers at the tight end position, so we'll talk about some of them to get an idea of what maybe what Joe John is looking for. And I hope to have more updates on the portal. Uh, and uh, we should have. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and wait and to do the to do the to do the next podcast until next Wednesday or Thursday. Sorry, this one was delayed. 
it was just all the portal news kept pushing it back, pushing it back. And I just wanted to get as, as much of the portal news in as possible before it was, uh, uh, before it was outdated. So I'm going to go ahead and record this next podcast after February signing day, which is coming up. Uh, next Wednesday is February signing day. The only player OU is really interested in should be Austin UK. Um, technically, Kamar Wheaton didn't sign with Alabama in December, so he's going to be signing with Alabama uh, on on Wednesday, unless he changes his mind again. And I guess that's always a possibility. I, I don't know that there's any information out there that really indicates he's going to do that, but um, I guess. You know, anything's possible the night before you actually have to sign some paperwork and you have to get your guardians, parents, uh, 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 whoever is important to you to make a decision about where you want to go. So uh, we'll be able to close out 2021 recruiting next Wednesday. Uh, and then we'll also hopefully have some updates on the portal. And uh, we'll also talk about some more offers. Thanks, everyone, for listening.